This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 17th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. New immigration restrictions in Arizona are a response to many problems. Some of those problems are imagined if you look carefully at the data. So says Dan Griswold, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies and author of the new Cato book, Mad About Trade. Frustration in Arizona is understandable. Uh, We've been waiting here at Cato for Congress to do the right thing on immigration for for years, and of course that is to expand opportunities for legal immigration, high-skilled and low-skilled. Congress hasn't done that. Uh, And the result has been we have widespread illegal immigration. Uh, Arizona probably has the highest percentage of illegal immigrants of any state. I think these workers have been good for the state overall. They've helped to build their economy there. But people are getting very frustrated with the inaction in Washington. So they passed this really quite sweeping state law, which empowers uh, police in Arizona in the course of stopping somebody for another infraction, If they have a reasonable suspicion, quote-unquote, that somebody's in the country illegally, they can ask for their papers, and then uh, that's a misdemeanor uh, under state law. They can be uh, arrested, uh, given a a jail sentence, a fine. It's not going to do anything to solve illegal immigration. That's driven by deeper uh, labor market uh, factors, but it's aroused a lot of uh, passions on both sides, a lot of heated rhetoric on, on both sides, and I've spent uh, uh, quite a bit of my time in the past couple of weeks trying to bring some, some reason and uh, research uh, to, those, uh, to those passions. Among the heated bits of rhetoric surrounding this issue, what are the key pillars of support that people offer up for this kind of law? Yeah, probably the most egregious one is, is crime. Uh, you, you listen to uh, Senator Russell Pierce, a state legislator who sponsored the law. He, he, he starts out naming the victims, uh, people who've been killed by illegal immigrants. There's no question <laughs> illegal immigrants uh, do, do, do commit crimes, but it leaves the impression that uh, they've unleashed a crime wave in Arizona. Well, I, I looked at the Department of Justice figures, And the crime rate in Arizona in 2008, the most recent figures we have, was the lowest it's been in 40 years. Uh, The violent crime rate in Arizona and in Phoenix is down uh, 20 to 25 percent. Other research that I pointed to here at Cato shows that immigrants uh, are actually less likely to commit a crime compared to their counterparts of of equal education. So these low-skilled immigrants are too busy working and sending money back home to be thinking about criminal behavior. The last thing they want to do is commit a crime, get in trouble with the police, and get sent home. So that's just a a red herring. The other one is that they're taking away jobs from Arizonans. Well, they helped build the Arizona economy during the boom years. Uh, You go back uh, three or four years when there were probably 100,000 more illegal immigrants in Arizona. The unemployment rate was 4%. So uh, they're getting blamed for a lot of things that they're just not responsible for, and that's driven this unwise law. What is the basis of some of the challenges to the law? Well, some people say the law is unconstitutional. I'm not a lawyer, and I I can't answer that definitively. Uh, But there are some troubling aspects of it. You know, immigration law is a federal responsibility. We can't have 50 states each having their own immigration policy, just like we can't have them each having their own trade policy. Uh, And one of the problems with this law is that it really goes beyond federal law. It is not, strictly speaking, a crime to be in the country illegally. Under federal law, it's a civil infraction. They don't put you in jail. They, They detain you temporarily, and then they deport you. 
what the Arizona law does is is make it a crime, a misdemeanor, just to be in the country. Uh, you have to show your papers. Uh, even traveling, somebody, uh, a legal immigrant from another state, uh, and particularly if you're a Hispanic, you better watch out, coming to Arizona, uh, they can stop you for, say, a traffic infraction or something and ask to see your papers. If you don't have them, you're, you're in trouble. You could be uh, in, in jail. So it raises some, some troubling legal questions that may technically be constitutional. Uh, I still think it's, it's unwise law. And the, and the bottom line is, and this is what I come back to time and time again, this law is not going to solve the problem. We're not going to solve the problem of illegal immigration until we make legal immigration relatively more attractive. It's not fundamentally a criminal act to come to this country to work hard, to build a better life, to send money back home. That's what motivated our, our ancestors who, who immigrated here. The difference is now, if you're a peaceful, hardworking Mexican who knows there's a job in Arizona or another state, there's no legal way to come in. So you come in illegally. We know from experience in the 50s when we had a guest worker program, if we expand the number of visas, illegal immigration drops dramatically. So, so we have a solution right on the table, expanding legal immigration, but uh, the politics in Washington make that uh, unlikely anytime soon. And of course, the restrictionists, that's the last thing they want is more legal immigration. When we talk about policies that we like, we being everyone, generally diminish the negative impacts that those policies will have on people we don't particularly have a lot of regard for to begin with. And I think this is this is one of those, immigration is one of those issues where um, people say, well, why can't they come in legally? And then have pretty much no answer for uh, why that ought to be uh, harder or easier. And yes. in many cases, no understanding of uh, how just how hard it is. First, uh, a lot of the rhetoric about illegal immigration, if you scratch a little deeper, you find they don't like legal immigrants very much either. And so you say, well, why don't we make this kind of immigration legal? And they've got 10 reasons to to oppose that. The other thing is, illegal immigrants, you look at the vast majority of them, they're not bad people. They're just caught up in a bad law. If you gave them a legal alternative to enter the country, uh, they, they would do that. The problem is there just aren't those legal channels for them to come in. If you're a, uh, a computer programmer with a master's degree, there's the H-1B program. If you marry an American citizen, uh, you, you can get in. Uh, but again, just a, a hardworking, low-skilled worker who knows there's a job, uh, there's no legal way to come in. So they come in I illegally. We have this 2,000-mile border. If you pay a smuggler enough, the going rate's now up to three or $4,000, you can get in. And, and here, finally, is one of the ironies. Uh, our enforcement-only policy that we've pursued the last 20 years. We've built walls into the desert. We've cracked down in the, used to be the traditional entry, urban entry areas of El Paso and San Diego. We've pretty much stopped the flow there, but we've just driven uh, the illegal immigrants deeper into the desert. They've come over uh, through rural areas of Arizona and had uh, conflict and tensions with the landowners there. Uh, there's just no substitute to ending this, uh, what's really a kind of modern prohibition uh, on low-skilled immigration. If we were to create legal alternatives, I think a lot of these anxieties and problems surrounding illegal immigration would quickly disappear. Dan Griswold is director of the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies and author of the new Cato book, Mad About Trade, now available at cato.org.